It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to the Monday, September 6th edition of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. As those of you who are tuning into the Sunday night recording and live stream on YouTube, YouTube channel Locked On Dolphins, hit subscribe, like, follow, you name it, can see. And we are less than one week as of the time of this recording or the time of you listening to the start of the 2021 NFL season for the Miami Dolphins. Of course, Thursday night, you have Dallas versus Tampa Bay. So we're just a handful of days away from the actual start of the NFL season. But for the Dolphins specifically, this thing's just around the corner, guys. And that's really exciting. And I think there's a lot of things that we can get into uh, throughout the course of this week, looking specifically at New England, trying to to build a game plan to beat the New England Patriots based off what our anticipation is and what the Patriots are going to look like. But you really have to start this conversation going into game week with what we expect the Dolphins to look like. And of course, this has been a very competitive training camp for the Dolphins, the most competitive training camp in recent memory as far as just the talent Uh, The guys who got cut from the team that you were disheartened to see get cut and potentially run the risk of losing. And and of course, Malcolm Perry's an embodiment of that for the fact that he did get claimed by the New England Patriots of all teams. But it is what it is. That's what happens. That's how a guy like Zach Sealer ends up on the Dolphins, right? Because the Baltimore Ravens are brimming with talent. And they have to make some hard decisions. They cut a guy they, they really like, Zach Sealer. It's very clear he can play. And he goes to a place in Miami that helps to further develop his talents. And I would not be surprised to see that trend start to manifest itself in Miami because this is the third offseason of a rebuild and really like the direction of the team. It's competitive. It's not complete. There's some question marks. And those are some of the things we'll get into today as we are exploring the Dolphins depth chart. But before we get there, I think this is an important article and thought piece to acknowledge and discuss briefly. And I did a a short Twitter thread on it, Locked On Fins. But The Athletic dropped a piece last week where they had pulled a bunch of executives across the league. And they had asked them to rank the teams in the AFC from best to worst. And the Dolphins came in 16th. Not even a fringe playoff team. The Dolphins came in 11th out of 16 teams in the AFC. And it got my mind to to wondering, how do we get to that 
destination. How did the Dolphins end up being the 11th best team out of 16 teams in the AFC? And it, it really was for me like the abs- this season would have to be an absolute dumpster fire in so many areas because they have a competent backup quarterback. They have a lot of depth at wide receiver. They have a really good defense that has depth, not at linebacker, but in the secondary. And I think they got good depth in the, in the defensive front. They got a really strong-minded coach uh, who is shown his body of work is really, really strong to be able to coach guys up and develop guys. And they were winning games. They went five and four with a bunch of street free agents in 2019. So to be 11th out of 16 teams in the AFC, how many things have to go wrong? And Doug in the comments mentioning the offensive line. Yeah, if the offensive line is, if everybody is exactly the same as last year or worse, but I do think Robert Hunt is going to be a better player at right guard than he is at right tackle. I felt the ceiling was plenty high at right tackle, which is why initially I would have liked to have seen him get a shot to stay there. Liam Eikenberg is eventually going to take over the right tackle spot. I would be very surprised if Michael Dieter is not a better player for the Dolphins at center than Ted Karras was last year. Ted was a replacement-level player, he was sturdy. If you had good pieces around him, he'd be fine. You didn't have good pieces around him. You had Eric Flowers, and you had whoever the hell was playing right guard on any given week, predominantly Solomon Kinley as a rookie from the fourth round. Austin Jackson might be a problem. We have to be completely honest. Uh, his play in the preseason was not inspiring. It's a long process. We'll see how they work with Austin Jackson in some of his technical lapses to try to further bring him along. But even if the offensive line is bad, like to be 11th out of 16 teams, you got to have like six wins. Like, do, do you see the Dolphins? Legitimate question. Do you see the Dolphins going 6 and 11 this year? My answer is no. And beyond the talent, from a coaching perspective, this team is in a lot better place than a lot of other coaches across the AFC, across the NFL. Brian Flores, you can look at the depth chart all you want. You could say, okay, the two deep here, I like their their mismatch here. I, th- I think this offensive line might be problematic. You got to execute and coach on Sundays and sometimes Thursdays and sometimes Mondays and sometimes Saturdays. You got to coach in that moment in any given game situation. And I could tell you, I would take Brian Flores against the vast majority of coaches in the AFC in a closely contested game and the culture he's instilled and the mantras that they have really hammered home that they're not going to be the team that beats themselves. And in any given close game, you need three bounces of the ball, two go one way, one goes the other. The team that gets the two is going to win the game. So I talked about a number of different stereotypes uh predominantly uh the dolphins were not good in defensive yards allowed last year uh is that a sign of regression for the dolphins defense well the patriots since 2005 have only had six top 10 defenses as far as yards allowed in any given season 
well, you can't replicate that level of turnover production. You're right. You can't bank on 29 or whatever it was turnovers the Dolphins had and one in 16 consecutive games and even more than that going back to 2019. Expecting that on any given week is a recipe for some issues. But at the same time, the Patriots have only finished outside the top 10 four times in turnovers forced since that same 2005 threshold. So the Patriots are traditionally a bend-but-don't-break style defense. They finally get you in a third and long. They create sacks. They, they scheme pressures, or they manufacture mistakes. That's the blueprint of the defense. And I don't see any reason why Brian Flores, with all the success defensively he's had with the talent that has been to his disposal at this point, can't at least carry that over. Of course, statistically speaking, if you finish first in anything and you're abnormally high, you're going to expect a regression. But you should still expect that mantra and that focus to permeate through how you play the game. One of the quotes from the, the story from The Athletic was that uh, the Dolphins aren't going to be able to start drives on the five-yard line every other week like they did last year. Uh, there were eight teams in the NFL who had an average starting field position of their own 30-yard line or better, and the Miami Dolphins were not among them. They were ninth in the NFL in starting field position at the 29.7-yard line, on average, out of all their possessions across the entire season. And then there's the offensive side of the ball, right? The Dolphins played in a 10-yard cardboard box for the vast majority of the year last year. A lot of nickel and diamond, a lot of RPOs and we talked last week on Friday on Power to the Pot about some of the challenges that, that a very high frequency of RPO offense uh, is going to pose your, your offensive lineman and your pass protection and the integrity of the pocket and so on and so forth. Offensively for the Dolphins, what did they tell you they knew they needed to get better at? Separation and explosive plays. Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Mike Gusecki, Albert, like none of these guys created separation. So the Dolphins went out and got a bunch of quick twitch. They obviously bring back Albert Wilson from opt out. They draft Jalen Waddle with a number six overall pick. They signed Will Fuller. And it's not just the separation. It's the explosive plays. Will Fuller was tied for fourth in the NFL last year in the frequency of receptions that he had and how many of those were classified as explosive plays. Jalen Waddle averaged 18.9 yards per catch at Alabama throughout his three-year career there. He averaged over 40 yards in distance on all of his career touchdowns. The Dolphins told you what they, in their self-assessment as a team, needed to be better at. And if they get better there, even if there is some level of regression on the defensive side of the ball, this ain't the 11th best team in the AFC. There's no way in hell other than injuries and catastrophic play on multiple levels on both sides of the ball with this coaching, the depth of the talent, and the improvements on the roster that this is the 11th best team in the AFC. That's my thoughts on it. Football season is back. Let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools, 33, and more. 
run your pool host formats for NFL and college football with one week games, full season playoffs, or the Super Bowl. Unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. You can even brand your pool for local businesses, bar, or restaurant. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use the promo code locked on at checkout anywhere, everywhere in the world. Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. The NFL season starts September 9th. Start today at runyourpool.com slash locked on. It's that time of year, as we said. Football season's back, baby. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all of the pro and college action this season. Get all of the updated props, odds, contests, including the half million dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at Bet Online. Be sure to take advantage of the opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Bucks. And Cowboys, and if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. The next thing we're going to tackle here on the show offensive depth chart. Noah asking, should we bring back the T Pain fight song? No, we should absolutely not. I'll pretend you didn't ask, sir. The Dolphins week one starting offensive depth chart against the Patriots. This one's fairly straightforward, in my opinion, other than perhaps the running back position. Um, if they're teasing this whole by committee thing, uh, give me quarterback to a Tongvalo and running back Miles Gaskin in the backfield. I think that one-two punch uh, gives you the biggest menu of what you want to do offensively, and that's kind of been the appeal for Miles Gaskin this entire time. On the offensive line, Austin Jackson, Solomon Kinley, Michael Dieter, Robert Hunt, Jesse Davis. If Liam Eikenberg was 100% healthy, I still don't know that he would start. You're going up against Bill Belichick, the New England Patriots defense. There's a lot of complex looks. They play a lot of games and twists up front, which is going to create a lot of challenge for communication. And I think Miami's probably going to covet guys who have seen those looks before. So Liam Eikenberg being a rookie who spent the start of camp at right tackle and then kicked inside and played left guard and then turned around and is now back at right tackle, presumably because Solomon Kinley is now at left guard again. I just don't know that that formula has set Liam Eikenberg up for success. So I'm okay with Jesse Davis from a knowledge perspective. I'm okay with understanding they're, they're going for the, the veteran play here. But I do wonder how do you help Jesse Davis and Austin Jackson when I think both of those are subpar matchups. Uh, so do you go more 12 personnel than you would typically expect because you're expecting the Patriots to come out in heavy front looks? And is those extra guys on the line of scrimmage going to help you in the run game pick up the gaps that you want? You don't have Will Fuller anyway because he's suspended for the game. So does more 12 personnel allow you to help your offensive tackles? And at what expense? to the rest of the passing game. I think that's a really fascinating subplot 
to this. But I, I do think Jesse Davis in the driver's seat to start the year. Uh, we'll see what October brings. Uh, I, I think Jesse will probably take take that spot comfortably for the first couple weeks of the season uh, until Liam gets a little bit more seasoning. Not dissimilar to what happened with Robert Hunt last year. Uh, Kai Kai wants to know why we don't look to add Mitchell Schwartz. It just kind of feels like it flies in the face of what this team is trying to do. First of all, they they drafted these guys to draft and develop. Um, and I understand you're you're hoping to win, right? And you're expecting to win. But Mitchell Schwartz was also somebody who's had a lot of tax taken out on his body in the way of injuries. And the Dolphins in the past, and this really doesn't have, doesn't have anything to do with this regime, um, have gotten bit in the past in bringing in guys who are well past the prime of their careers. And Mitchell Schwartz, very effective. Uh, but I think from a physical prime perspective and a durability perspective, we've probably seen the best of him. Now, that's not to say if somebody doesn't get injured and the Dolphins find themselves at seven and two and Mitchell Schwartz is still out there that they wouldn't give him a call potentially and kick the tires. I don't think so. Domi upset. And I know the chat is in general, a little upset. I said two and three Domi says, I sure hope that kind of crazy talk doesn't go on inside the team. They're not, they, they're not talking about the first five weeks of the season at all. One week at a time, one game at a time, one play at a time. That's the mantra of Brian Flores. They're trying to go one and oh this week. But I do think with the offensive line needing to gel and a bunch of new targets for Tua Tungvaloa, there may be some growing pains. I don't think that's unreasonable. And um, I don't want to sit here and pretend it's all sunshine and rainbows. I know there's there's some people who think I take a very overly optimistic approach on the team, but I try to be grounded. And uh, this is one of those things where I, I just kind of look at some of the moving parts and I'm hopeful Miami can hit the ground running. I would love to see them win every game. But uh, it, the, the first six weeks of the schedule are tough. Now, I look at week seven and onward, and I think the schedule sets up beautifully for them to make a run like they did last year. I just don't want them to go 0-2 in the AFC East like they did last year to really dig themselves a hole that they really couldn't get out of. Pass catchers. We obviously had five offensive linemen, quarterback, running back, so we need four. Gusecki. Parker, Waddle, Albert Wilson. I think those are the guys that I would tab. And your number one rotational player there is Durham Smythe. We kind of teased that talking about some 12 personnel. And sounds like Adam Shaheen's banged up a little bit, so it's kind of hard to get a gauge on how available he's going to be, how reliable he'll be. Uh, and without Will Fuller, uh, you're really going to be relying on Albert Wilson. But it sounds like he's going to be ready to go. Uh, there was promising reports on that last week uh, as far as his uh, – interviews and availability and talking about him being ready to go and push and play on week one. So I don't think there's any surprises on the offensive side of the ball. If I were to look at my personal projection on what to expect other than Jesse Davis at right tackle, even though we all want Liam Eikenberg there and miles Gaskin being the guy that I would probably favor at this point in time uh, to take those primary ball carrier snaps. Let me know if this sounds familiar. You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle 
and is a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device. The best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know about the affinity that we have here on Locked On Dolphins for Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar, 100% chocolate on all of their bars. They got 10 delicious flavors to choose from. So no matter what kind of taste buds you have, Built Bar is going to have something for you. And no matter what your needs are, whether you need something to grab and go, something post-workout, something to, to replace a meal throughout the course of the day, delicious snack, you name it, Built Bar can be it. Right now, you can visit BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 to save 15%. Dan, I'm really glad you got into the uh, the live show on Sunday night uh, ahead of the Built Bar read. I would have hate for you to miss that. A couple more questions here on the live stream. Octavio, hoping Holland is a big has a big Sunday against the Pats. We're going to talk about Holland here in a minute. Uh, and Kai Kai, get trying to work and see Jalen Phillips be able to do different things, but why don't we just let him do what he was drafted to do, an exceptional line in college, which is rushing the passer. I think that's what you're going to see, realistically. I think if you want to get Jalen Phillips as an early down player, the maximum amount of reps, You'll want to know what he's capable of doing, but I am putting zero stock into how they tried to play Jalen Phillips in the preseason. And we're going to get into that here too, because we're, we're transitioning into uh, the defensive depth chart for the Dolphins and my expectations against the Patriots. A couple more surprises here. Uh, my defensive front, Wilkins, Davis, Agla. No surprises here. Zach Sealer's the first guy up that'll rotate in. They'll keep guys fresh. John Jenkins will get plenty of snaps, probably 15 or so of them. But Wilkins, Davis, Agba, those are your horses. They want to go more true four-man front or, I guess, technically five-man front. You know, you could put Sealer in a, a B-gap and then stand Agba up or put him outside if you want to go over or under front and then have your hybrid linebacker, whether that be Van Ginkle or Phillips, who we just mentioned, as the other guy is the end man on the line of scrimmage and go with a, a true five-man front and a 3-4 uh, look. Uh, but I'm expecting a lot of nickel, a lot of kind of hybrid 4-2-5 looks for the Dolphins defensively, and that's going to require three down linemen, those three down linemen being Wilkins, Davis, and Agba, with a lot of depth behind it that you can rotate in and keep these guys fresh. The linebackers. You've got Jerome Baker. Yes, of course. You've got Elan and Roberts. That was pretty apparent when they made the decision to cut Bernardrick McKinney, right? So that's two, your two stack linebackers. And But I said I'm expecting a lot of 4-2-5. Who's going to be the hybrid guy? I think this is going to be a week-to-week -week thing. Who gets the majority of these reps? 
but I'm not taking it lightly that Jalen Phillips missed a significant amount of time of practice and then came back and was immediately inserted to work again with the ones. Uh, Andrew Van Ginkle, I think he is a really, really good developmental player that has taken significant steps forward for the Dolphins. But when you're facing the Patriots, who are going to run the ball and have Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn at their two offensive tackle spots who are really big, physical, overwhelming presences on the edge. I don't think that's a great matchup for Van Ginkle. You get into true pass rush situations, you want to get the speed package on the field, yeah, put him out there. You want to play him in, in kind of a, a, a stack for some more exotic looks and play him off the ball? Absolutely. If you were going to ask me who is the fourth man on the line of scrimmage, but stand up in a two-point stance for that 4-2-5 look, I think it's Phillips this week. He's bigger. He's faster. He's stronger. He's got more natural moves in his arsenal. He has not had the chance to showcase them yet. And I'm not really worried about what the preseason looked like. Now, if we get through week two and Jalen Phillips is still spending 15 reps back in coverage and zone coverage, I'm going to complain about it. I absolutely will. But I don't think the preseason is an indicator of the game plan that you're going to see pushed in play for Jalen Phillips. And it's really telling that they've slow played a lot of guys coming back off of injuries. Phillips, get back in with the ones. So I think you'll see Jalen Phillips start uh, for the Dolphins, especially with the matchup that the Patriots' tackles are going to bring in the trenches. In the secondary, another surprise back here, uh, probably versus what a lot of people expect. Xavier Howard, Byron Jones at the two outside corners. That's great. Uh, I'm really banking on those guys to turn this into a 9-on-9 game and try and congest the middle of the field uh, for the Dolphins' defense. Nick Needham has been the best non-outside corner. And he's been, the, he's been the third best corner on the roster. I think it's probably the easiest way to say it. I think he's pushed them into that opportunity to have the nickel spot. He has to do it at a high level in game situations, though. The preseason was great. Camp's been phenomenal. He's looked good in the past, too, in a lot of flashes, but he has to be able to stay consistent with it in competitive situations. So the first couple of weeks for Nick are going to be really telling. Do you revert back to old habits, make it some avoidable mistakes, or do you stay true to your technique, you trust your technique, your football intelligence has continued to develop to the point where you don't panic in certain situations anymore? Eric Rowe strong safety. Yeah, tight end erasers, one of the best tight end cover guys in the league. Jason McCourty, I think, will be the starting free safety. I would love to see Holland get a lot of reps, but for the same reason that I think Jesse Davis is going to take the right tackle spot, which is that experience factor, I think the Dolphins, with Holland missing some time, are really going to covet McCourty, his experience in the system, his familiarity with the other side of the field, his ability to communicate, his mastery of the offense he's been in, or the mastery of the defense he's been in it for several seasons. I think McCourty's going to start at free safety. And same thing as Lee Meikenberg at right tackle. Let's see what October brings. And I think Holland is going to be a hard guy to leave off the field. 
but coming off of some missed time with injury against the Patriots and Josh McDaniel of all offenses that you could possibly draw on, all offensive coaches. I think McCourty's experience is going to weigh really heavily into this decision. So those are some of my anticipations for the Dolphins' depth chart. We'll see how wrong it is when uh, game day rolls around. But the, the rest of this week is going to be dedicated to the Patriots-Dolphins game in week one. Looking forward to that. Uh, a couple questions here in the live stream to kind of shut us down here. John, don't you think Miami will want to make Jones pass the ball? We can. Yes, uh, I agree. But if the Patriots come out in 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field and they got the offensive line that they do, you're going to have to go heavy with your looks, right? You're going to have to go with probably five men on the line of scrimmage with a nose tackle, two stack linebackers, maybe even an extra, you know, instead of a Nick Needham, maybe it's a Brandon Jones or a Javon Holland. Somebody is a third safety who can kind of serve as a will linebacker. Um, that's the game you have to play. You have to have enough coverage options to counter the tight ends, but you have to have enough beef up front to match them and have the numbers game that's going to prompt them to throw the football. I don't think you're going to see a lot of straight drop back passings because that that's not Cam Newton didn't do that in week one against the Dolphins last year. They play action the ton against the Dolphins. That's the challenge. Mark, how worried are you about the Patriots rushing attack? It's very good. It's very good. They've got a lot of depth in, in the backfield. They got a lot of physicality up front. Christian Wilkins is going to have to make sure his pad level stays down. Uh, these linebackers are going to have to bring it. Elena Roberts is going to have to play a huge game as a gap plugger. Jerome Baker is going to have to play with your hair on fire, flow sideline to sideline. Whoever's in that star position, that nickel defender, that's a really, really big level of responsibility in this game because they are trying to exploit the matchups. They're trying to generate and create mismatches. And if that player's not up to par, they're going to have what they need to do a lot of damage. Hope you have what you need to have a great week here on Locked on Dolphins. Ahead of week one, Kyle Krabs, I appreciate everybody who tuned into the live stream on Sunday night, who is listening at home on Sunday or on the go I appreciate you opening up your podcast feed for us here at Locked on Dolphins. Kyle Krabs, fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Enjoy the rest of the start of your week, and we will be back for tomorrow for yet another episode to get you ready for kickoff. Cheers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.